0: Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 201 of the Speaking Club podcast. I found this and it made me chuckle. It's from the very best office jokes, and I've put a link in the show notes so that you can go and check these out yourself. How is Christmas like your job? You do all the work, and the fat guy in the suit gets all the credit. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hello, I hope you're well. Thanks for joining me and choosing the speaking club to listen to. It's fantastic to be here with you again. Now, today we're talking about networking. As you probably know, investing your time to build a professional network could give you one of the biggest returns, both in business and life. And that's because as our life and career changes and develops, We never know when we might need someone in that network. And my guest on this show today is author, speaker, and coach, Stefan Thomas. And he's an expert in networking. And he believes that putting the effort into building and sustaining relationships at scale over time has benefits for every person, whether they own their own business, work for a company, or do a mixture of both. And the trouble is that, as Stefan says, What most people think networking is and what it actually is are two very different things. So that's why in this show, we're getting to the heart of what networking really is and how you can grow your network and how to nurture those relationships so that they bring you long-term benefits and also to the people that you are in that networking relationship with. So if you wanna develop your networking skills to grow your business, your speaking career in the next 12 months then you'll love this show. Without further ado let's head over to the interview. Welcome to the Speaking Club Stefan Thomas.
1: I'm so flattered you're, you're having me on this afternoon.
0: Well you know I, I've seen you on LinkedIn knocking about, seen some good stuff and so I thought yes let's talk about networking a bit and, uh, and everything that you do the thing that I wanted to start off with because it seems like you've had your own journey from something completely well not completely different but not you know it's not a straight line in terms of your career trajectory to what you do today so I wondered if you could tell me what made you switch from being a real estate agent into what you do today
1: it, it wasn't entirely my choice. Um, right. uh, like with a lot of things in my life, it feels that it's all happened by by accident. I, I should probably reimagine that or reinvent it and and tell everyone that this was all some part of some big plan. But it it, it wasn't. Um, I made some bad business decisions in the uh, what two thousand and seven that that sort of time, which which led to me leaving estate agency and then having to think rather quickly about what I did next, because we had a mortgage to pay and and that sort of thing. And I launched my first business for myself. I did that thing, which people do when they leave a job. I decided never to work for another person again. I was going to go out on my own. I was going to run my own business. How hard can that be? Um, A lot of lessons along the way there. So I launched a little local magazine. And The business of that magazine was selling advertising. So I'd done a bit of networking as an estate agent. I decided to go out networking in a bigger way to build the magazine. The magazine lasted three editions. That was the reality of of that business. Um, And I then started promoting copywriting the reputation that I was getting was as someone who knew about networking rather than the the copywriting. That was the truth. I was running networking events for 4Networking at that point, Um, went from running one event locally to four locally to 27. Um, But I was being asked more and more people to talk to them about how to make networking work and and so it sort of evolved from there if if I do look back there's so much about building rapport that I learned in my estate agency journey and in retail which is what I did from 1983 to 1987 there's so many lessons from all of that but the reality is it sort of happened by accident. I wasn't expecting networking to be such a big part of my life.
0: And we're going to talk about where people can find out more about you later on. But you've done some sort of real go to books on networking, haven't you?
1: i'm really flattered that you think that they are thank you yeah as as part of the journey um in in 2012 the um the good people of wiley who own the for dummies series of books the black and yellow books um they came and asked me if i would write business networking for dummies um i actually met them at a networking event so that's that's beautiful that really joins up Um, Business networking for dummies sold rather well, so they came back to me and asked me to write a second book, Instant Networking, um, and then after Instant Networking, me and my friend Wes Linden, um, who's written a load of books himself about network marketing, um, Wes and I decided to collaborate on Win the Room, which was my third book, I think his fifth book, Um, I'm writing book number four at the moment, you heard it here first, but yeah, the 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 books have have sold pretty well i'm i'm very proud of of all of them
0: that's brilliant yes i know wes lyndon from utility warehouse actually that's right a, yes okay cool well let's pick that expert brain of yours and start with a face to face networking meeting what do you do today when you enter a room with new people in which i know can be really daunting for a lot of people
1: i don't um that's so that's the first answer the first answer is that I got into social media in a big way. Um, Firstly, before Twitter, um, there were some business forums online and I, I learned, taught myself how to use them. I was an early adopter of Twitter and then Facebook and then LinkedIn. And I try not to enter a room full of people who I don't know. It's become quite a big part of what I do so i'm going to some business shows later on this month um we're we're recording this in in november 2021 and so what i'm trying to do is connect with the people who i know are going to be at those shows um chester berry and glasgow so that when i get there i will already know some people who are in the room from social media And that's what I've consistently done over the years. So the the very first thing that I do, which works really well for me because I'm naturally introverted, I'm naturally shy, is that I I engineer it so that when I enter the room, I already know some of the people who are there. Um, Really specifically, if I'm going to a show or a networking event, I search for who else is talking about it. I see if they've got a page which lists the members or lists the attendees or something like that in advance. I put it out myself that I'm going to be there and some people will come along and say, hey, Steph, I'm, I'm going to be at the event as well. So that when I enter the room, I'm not walking into a room full of strangers. That's, that's how I've sort of engineered life. So that it, it gives the impression that I'm really good at doing that thing about walking up to people who I don't know. But the reality is... I try and get to the stage where I already know some of the people in the room before I get there. Um, That's yeah, that's that's how I've engineered it over the years.
0: That's a really good tip. And I don't think a lot of people will probably do that eh? because they might feel like they haven't got the time um, or even just the the sort of inclination or idea to do it. And when you reach out to people ahead of the event, um, what do you sort of say and, and what sort of reaction do you typically get?
1: it's it's not cold calling or cold approaching people basically if someone if i go and search on linkedin now used to be twitter back in the day but mainly linkedin now and just search for chester business show or look at the organizers of chester business show they'll be posting about it so look at who's commenting and just go and connect with those people and send them a quick message saying hey steve um i'm going to be at chester business show as well so it looks like it, it makes sense for, for us to connect people always respond favorably to that because it's it's relevant we're going to be at the same show um i feel like i should do the bbc thing you know other business shows do exist um I, we're going to be at the same show it's a friendly face and then if i can communicate with them a little bit before it means that when i can get there it's like, hey steve i'm steph from linkedin we've been chatting a little bit and it just means it's it's not a cold connection straight away.
0: Yeah, and I think I think the interesting thing is, and I beg to get your view on this, you you mentioned about building rapport. And some people may feel that it's difficult to build rapport online. I get the impression from you that you don't think it's too much too difficult to do that. Is that correct? And if it is, you know, have you got any tips on that?
1: Yeah, the, the, the thing about building rapport, we were always taught, you know, I, I went into retail in 1983, I started an estate agency in 1988, we went on all of these training courses about, you know, find what you've got in common with someone, ask them questions, learn about open questions so that you can, and then then social media comes along, and actually the, the thing that I've got in common with Mythical Steve is that we're both going to be at that particular business show? So we've we've already ticked that box. We've already got a conversation starter. Um, every big opportunity starts with a little conversation. Most of what I do is designed to to start conversations with people, and I I look for really easy ways to start conversations. So if we've got that one thing in common that gives me an opportunity, an excuse to, to start the conversation with someone. We're, we're both going to be there. That's that's all we need to get started. After that, I go and look at what that person's posted. Um, let's use mythical Steve again. You know, is he an exhibitor at the show or an attendee or one of the speakers at the show? Look at what he's posting on LinkedIn and simply, you know, go and comment on, on some of their posts. And, and then we see what reaction we get, and literally from that, you know, human nature takes over. Either we find we get on with someone or we don't. And most of the people we'll get on with because we're all on LinkedIn to to, to try and make new connections. We'll all make an effort to get on with other people, and then the relationship will will build from there. Um, looking for an excuse to, to to be in touch with some someone is is something I, I spend far too long doing so why am i sat here this afternoon talking to you because you asked and that's really flattering and then your listeners some of your listeners will connect with me and all of a sudden we've we've got that thing in common this is how it all joins up for me
0: over or as a result of the pandemic and lockdown and everything else online networking has become a bigger thing whether it will continue to be as popular as it has been um is is a question but would you also do the same thing for attending online meetings so talk to people beforehand or would you take a different approach uh, in that scenario
1: yeah i i think broadly speaking i approach online meetings in exactly the same way as i would approach a a face-to-face meeting so that in the last couple of years, the last 18 months at least, I've had a huge opportunity to attend meetings in places that would never have been economically sensible for me to get to just for a networking meeting and and, and, and business shows and conferences and that sort of thing. And I've adopted exactly the same approach, try and find out who's going to, to be there in advance. So there's a little bit of rapport it's a little bit warmer when when we both get there that's that's what I've tried to do
0: cool I think that's a really important tip and so I think one of the things that I'm also interested in and I think potentially people might either not do enough of or get it wrong are the getting the balance right with one-to-one follow-ups um First of all I guess the question to ask you immediately springs to mind is would you say yes always to a one-to-one or should you be a little bit discerning?
1: I don't know whether you've spotted it but I wrote a post about this on LinkedIn literally two days ago or at the weekend or something like that not necessarily about one-to-one follow-ups but the sheer volume of LinkedIn messages which I get asking if I can have a one-to-one and and you know, I could make a full-time job out of doing that. So I don't say yes to every LinkedIn connection who immediately asked me to book into Calendly um, and use their link for a 15-minute chat. Now, looking at your and, and, and my situation, we built up some rapport and engagement. And at some point, you very flatteringly asked me to to, to come onto this show. So of course I I agreed to that. What so many people do, their first LinkedIn message is, I want to sell this to you. Can you book in 15 minutes so I can sell it to you? The answer to that is typically no, until and unless I, I know the person. In networking, we can join up both of those conversations that we've just had. So for example, if I go to a networking event now and someone wants a one-to-one with me and we've already been at the networking event, we've built up some rapport, we can do it over Zoom, which is super efficient for me, then yes, I'll probably do it. Um, With the business shows, one of the things that I'm doing is saying, hey, I'll be at this business show in this city on this date If you want a one-to-one and and you can get to the business show, let's let's do it. Let's have a coffee there. So I'm using my time twice. I'm at the business show for a particular reason. I'm going to be speaking there. I'm going to be speaking for 45 minutes in total. So I've got plenty of time for one-to-ones with people. And and that's really sensible use of my time. With with most people at networking events, to to answer your, your actual question yes, I will accept the one-to-one with them after we've we've had our initial chat at a networking event because we've got something in common. We've both been to that networking event and it gives us an opportunity to to get to know each other a bit better.
0: And are there some tips that you can give people for handling one-to-one follow-ups in terms of, you know, it does, there is, maybe it's just me. (laughs) I've had them where it can be a little bit awkward. I actually love... I'm curious by nature anyway, which is why I do enjoy doing these interviews. And I love finding out about people. So I spend quite a lot of time asking questions naturally. And then probably I, you know, there's maybe a few minutes left. They go, Oh, well, I should ask about you, you know, what you do. And I'm and I so I'm not sure I necessarily handle those right. Um, but yeah, it'd be good to get some tips for getting that, you know, that balance of, is it all about just asking questions? Should you be pitching your stuff? How, how should you handle it?
1: There are tons of opinions on this. And in my opinion, you're handling it perfectly, mainly because that's exactly what I do. I spend my one-to-ones at networking events and outside of networking events, finding out about the other person, being interested in them, I've written tons about Dale Carnegie and how to win friends and influence people. And you'll win more friends in two months by being genuinely interested in them than you will in two years by trying to be interesting to them. And and what, what most people feel that they should do in a one-to-one is, is have an elevator pitch and have all of this stuff to throw at other people about what we do. And, And yet what, what I have genuinely found to be much more productive is, to ask a tonne of questions, be genuinely interested in, about the other person. If if that helps me to find a connection for them or something for them that, that might be valuable, that leads to the next part of the relationship, but then we're connected. All that I'm ever looking to do, whether it's at a networking event or at a one-to-one is start that little conversation. If If we view every relationship and every conversation as long-term, there's plenty of time to introduce what we sell in a more meaningful way once we've got to know someone. So, um, relevant examples, you know, once, once I've actually really got to know someone over a period of time, and, and if I've then provided some value in that relationship as well, maybe in the form of connections or referrals or whatever, if, if I then phone that person and say, Hey, mythical Steve, um, I always use Steve for some reason, you know, We've been talking for, for a couple of years. I'm launching this new service. You know, you said you had this problem. I really think that this new service would be appropriate for you. Have you got 10 minutes? Most people say yes to that because it's coming from a, a place of I've genuinely listened to you. And actually, I genuinely believe this is right for you because I know you. Rather than what most people do is think, think that they should pitch at the first one to one before they even know someone. To me, that's been a, a much more profitable and enjoyable approach along the way, because at the very worst, I get to find a ton of interesting stuff about other people.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. And, you know, I'm I don't think going in for the hard sell is is a great strategy at any at any time. Um, I'm curious about whether you have an email list as well and whether you or how you approach sort of those conversations with your email list is do you kind of try and transfer that same um approach across to that um, form of communication as well
1: yeah very much so and sort of in, inspired by Gary Vaynerchuk who who I think sort of sums it up best he um sort of crystallized my approach much better than I ever did it's the jab 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 right hook approach and full credit Gary Vaynerchuk's got a book of, of that name as well um, which which I really lapped up what I aim to do is is give tons of value um, so I'm giving out free information about networking all the time you you've spotted it and that's great do the same with my email list do the same with my LinkedIn and, and so on and then every so often Here's what I'm advertising right now. Here's where to sign up for my next course. Here's where I'm speaking if you want to come and see me. Loads and loads of free information. And then every so often, here's where you can sign up and actually do business with me. My experience overall has been that people are far more receptive to that approach. And I feel warm and fuzzy because I'm giving stuff out for free all the time. and 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 then if 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 people want to to buy access to me want me to speak want to work one-to-one with me I don't shy away from actually showing them how to do that every so often I don't hide the till I do give out a load of free stuff and then I don't shy away from saying to people and actually it's lovely that you can browse there is a till over here if you want to buy something as well
0: cool and I wonder if this is a Uh, sort of lead into the the next question which I had for you which is I've seen you talk about making it easy for people to buy from you what are the key things that people need to do in your opinion to position themselves so that people want to buy from them is it what you've just been talking about or is there some other stuff as well
1: the way that you've asked that is 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 really good actually because the positioning yourself is is really important so Yes, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy to to put loads of stuff out there about networking, but it also helps to position me as an authority in in, in networking. It it at least gives people the opportunity to decide whether they think I know what I'm talking about. So I put multiple pieces of content out there several times a day in written form, video form, doing podcasts so that people can, can hear what I've got to say and they can decide for themselves whether I know what I'm talking about. So that helps to position me. In in networking, we, we talk about the know, like, and trust. I, I give people the opportunity to get to know me because I'm pretty active, pretty visible. Some of those people will decide that, that they like me and that's cool. And then some of those people will decide that they trust me enough to, to want to do business with me in some form. So that positions me. The next thing is that, if, if you go to a fashion retail store and look up somewhere on the ceiling, there's a sign that says pay here in every fashion retail store and pretty much everywhere in the world. And yet as small business owners, which is, is predominantly who, who I speak to day to day, we get a bit shy about doing that pay here thing. So if you look at my stream of content, it's useful information, useful information, useful information, pay here here's what I've got for sale. And, and then I remove the, the, the hurdles. We've all learned loads from Amazon, for example, remove the hurdles to, for people to buy from you, make it really obvious, really clear what you're selling. And then in my case, you know, if people want to, to buy a course, there's a buy now button online, they can sign up for it. It fires off an email so that they can book straight into my calendar or one-to-one with me. Just remove all of those hurdles, which is in in the background of everything that I do, there's quite a lot of systems going on as well. And and that's probably one of the bits that I, I don't talk about quite as much. All of these technologies that we've got now, just to make it really simple, literally really simple for people to actually buy from us at the end of that. And that's that's something else which I implement at, at quite significant scale.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth having some automation around your emails and all that good stuff um, to, to, to sort of remove any friction for people and make your life easier as well. So it's not all manual. Absolutely right. Um, there is something I wanted to ask you, and it's it's not something I'd planned to ask, but I know it's come up for you recently, and I've had a similar experience. So the barrier to entry in the marketplace that they sort of value is expected it's the sort of bottom rung you know and providing value and building a great relationship along the way is what you need to do but there are some people out there that don't want to go to the effort of creating their own content and they will take what you do and and rebadge it or whatever and I know you've experienced that and I have too and, and it can leave a bad taste in your mouth but have you got any advice? Because you can get hung up on this, can't you? It can be really, you know, it can oh. make you quite bitter. But you, you know, it's kind of part of the course. How did you handle that? And how did you get through it?
1: I got really fed up about it and put a particularly for me really passive aggressive post on LinkedIn about it and got it out of my system. So um, my yeah, my advice I could probably do have taken a bit more myself. Um, I think that particular day it really got to me. So it's going to happen. There are are people out there who will just copy what you do when you put content out there, particularly if you put it out at significant scale. I I guess I'm lucky to be relatively creative, particularly with words. So as quickly as people steal stuff from me, I'll come up with new stuff. my friend, Brad Burton, founder of Four Networking, says that you'll never be the market leader by copying the market leader. And he's you know pretty good at sound bites with, with that sort of thing as well. I, I like that approach as well. I think you can't let it hold you back. Um, as much as you are putting in the effort to put out this podcast, someone can't just steal that from you. It's you're the one who's putting in the effort. That effort is real currency in as much as it built the connection between you and I, for example, in a way that we couldn't have built just by nicking each other's stuff. Um, and, and, and that's a reality. I Effort is hugely underrated and actually putting the effort in to create your own content. If people can't be bothered to do it, that shows. I look at this interview I've I've now name-checked Gary Vaynerchuk, Dale Carnegie and Brad Burton because they've said stuff that's inspired me they all sell well obviously all sell books and so on um I'm really happy and I think it's honorable to leave a trail back to them if if I'm using their stuff as inspiration and I'm I feel much better about myself doing that than I would if I trotted it out there as my own I can use gary vaynerchuk dale carnegie brad burton whoever it is to inspire something that i write um but i'll create something unique from that but i'll at least name check them if 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 it's inspired me so yeah don't get hung hung up about it um do go and put a passive aggressive post on linkedin it's good for the soul every so often
0: and i think to be fair i i think it showed people you know it's part of that no like trust too you're authentic and you're human and you know it's not nice when it happens to you but you you know you got through it and and I think you know I've noticed the t-shirt that you're wearing today Um, people can't see it but it actually says be the energy you want to attract and I think you know it was probably so sort of out of the norm for you in terms of the way that you are that it you know it really sort of I think it was endearing to people that you know you showed that side and it comes back to being vulnerable and showing people the journey as well as the sort of just the wins because you know some people just show the, the the wins all the time and life's not like that so it makes you more relatable when you can show these things you know not all the time but because you know I think it made a big impact certainly on me because I was like fair play but you sort of came round to the conclusion at the end that you'll never be the same as me and that's the thing that is important is that you have an authentic voice and so do I and so do other people and it's that sort of being thinking abundantly rather than scarcely as well isn't it I think I think that's what I'm taking from your t-shirt as well it's
1: it's hard I I I wear this t-shirt to remind myself because it's hard sometimes um we we've all had a really challenging 18 months in in 2019 I earned most of my income from speaking at events in 2021 I definitely didn't um you know coming towards the end of 2021 we've all had a really challenging couple of years it's it's easy to get hung up on things and I think the word this t-shirt was was from TK Maxx um I spotted it loved it bought it and yeah you know love the words on it just to remind me of that there's quite a lot of negative stuff going on around us all the time and we can choose to be miserable and it'll still happen or we can choose to smile through it and it'll still happen but we're smiling so yeah this is the second conversation i've had on that subject today actually and and, sorry because i'm going off on a huge tangent here getting back to the thing about people nicking our content you know YouTube exists medium and LinkedIn exist now there's so much stuff out there that it's absolutely inevitable and therefore we can't get too hung up on about it people worry about it and put stuff behind paywalls and that sort of thing and I think they're losing massive audience by doing so I really really do
0: that's great I I think that's we've probably said enough so don't be stopped by it and, uh, you know, was there, you say imitation is the, is the, is flattery. Sincerest
1: something. form of flattery. Yeah. was exactly. Off the wild, wasn't it? Yes. There
0: you go. There you go. Cool. Now, one of the things that I saw that you had in your book was uh, the longer speaking slots at network meetings. Now, this is something obviously I'm, I'm interested in. And I just wondered it, to get your view with your networking experience on how important you think it is for people to take advantage of those longer speaking speaking slots in network meetings
1: so what's happened for me is that i started speaking at networking events and you at first because the real guy hadn't shown up um, so you know oh god the speaker's not here um, and we've got 15 minutes to fill so i'll say something about twitter because in the early that that was how i got started so i started doing the speaking slots at, at networking events and then I was at one of the business shows um, at some point because I, I used to run stands at the business shows as well to promote our networking events. And the real speaker hadn't shown up. And I can't remember what she was meant to talk about, but basically someone said, look, we've got a room full of people who are expecting a speaker. Do you fancy doing it? And I was heavily pushed into doing it. And so I did it and then got a regular gig speaking for free at at business events as well as networking events and did a few more and got to do a really big one in London. And then someone came up to me and said, how much would you charge to come and speak at our conference? Um, And someone spotted me speaking there and said, do you fancy writing business networking for dummies? So I, I would say to anyone, take the speaking slot at networking events it's a really supportive environment to start your speaking career to listen to the feedback it's typically free to to get speaking engagements at networking events loads of networking events are always on the lookout for speakers you'll soon get to know whether you're good or not i've done something over 500 speaking slots at networking events over the years from standing there shaking reading from an A4 piece of paper um to now being paid to speak at conferences and as I said in 2019 that that was the biggest part of my income it's a useful business skill to be able to speak uh, about your um about your business and if we talk about the no like trust you you trust. The person who's standing up and speaking about their business, it elevates that trust for some particularly intangible reason. But if someone's up there and and talking about their stuff and talking about it intelligently, it massively accelerates how much you trust them. Um, I hope I've really sold that because it's I, I know that a ton of people are really nervous about speaking But it is something that will really accelerate your business particularly if you're in the business to business services which a load of us are it will really accelerate it if you get good at speaking at it and and speaking at networking events is a really useful platform for for practicing and rehearsing before i ever go on to a big stage um i I spoke at a business networking show a few weeks ago biggest stage that that i would had in in a couple of years because of of lockdown a few days before that, I did exactly the same presentation to a virtual networking event because it gave me the chance to rehearse my material in, in front of a, a, an engaged live audience. So I use networking events now as, as a rehearsal stage and it's it's really useful for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious as well. I mean, I'm absolutely in agreement with you on, on that. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to ask you was from your perspective i'm a big advocate of storytelling it's kind of like the bread and butter of what i do in speaking and marketing and i wanted to get your view on how important storytelling is uh, for successful marketing
1: i've always used stories instinctively with at first not really understanding the the science or the thinking behind it or how much marketing professionals advocated it i always found it was quite useful to um If if I had a big concept to break it down into some sort of story that the audience could come with me on and would would illustrate the concept to them in in a really simple way. So that's how I've always used stories. So, for example, this conversation has has come up on LinkedIn just today. I will talk about how when I was an estate agent, I was used December when other estate agents were asleep or, or tidying their office or going you know, putting up the Christmas tree, I would use December to build our business for next year and how you can steal a march on your competition for being active at the times when, when everyone else is quiet. So that's a, an example of a story I've used today to perfectly illustrate how, how I've stolen a march on my competition in the past. I think that's how I've always tried to, to do things. One of the the most famous for me stories which I use is my very first networking event, and it's it's out there on on video all over the internet, um, and, and illustrating just how terrified I was at my very first networking event, and that story really resonates with people, and it it gets people, and people come up and say to me, you know, we want you to speak at our conference. Will you promise that you'll do the Jamie McIntyre routine, the bit about the guy who shouted at your networking event. And so that's illustrated to me just how much these, these stories work um, and how they make, for me, I try and make a business lesson become really real for people by bundling it up with a, a story from my past. That's, that's what I've always tried to do.
0: That's really helpful. Cool. Okay. So before I go on to the standard questions, I wanted to get We've talked about a number of things and there's already been some real gems uh, that you've shared, Stefan. And I wonder, before we move on to those, if you could say three things that maybe are extra or reinforce what you've said already, that people could do straight away to improve the impact of their networking, what would those three things be?
1: Um, Number one, which anyone can do tonight, sat at home on their iPhone or their iPad or Android exists as well, um, is number one, go and look for people who are talking about your subject on LinkedIn and engage in their conversations. You will immediately build your network. Look for people you've never engaged with before who are talking about your chosen subject. I search for people who are talking about networking. I look for people who I've never engaged with, second and third degree connections on LinkedIn particularly who have posted something about networking and then I go and post an opinion on it. You immediately build your network because it, that person who's posted that post will be thrilled that someone new has gone and co- gone and commented on it so all of a sudden they notice you and probably the other people who've posted on that post will notice you as well. So number one thing you can do go go and find a post on LinkedIn or multiple posts that you can comment on. Every post on LinkedIn or Facebook is a mini networking event and you're invited to be part of it. People don't use it like that. Second thing is actually get to some virtual networking events. I know it sounds really simple and really trite, but a load of people will be listening to this thinking, how can I get better at networking? Go and book into some events. They are virtually they are either free or very cheap to to attend there will be one locally to you there will be worldwide ones that you can get to as well second thing is is go to 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 networking events the the third thing is people try so hard to be memorable at the networking events don't worry about being memorable at the networking events you take the responsibility for remembering the people that you've met and following up with them, don't expect them to remember you, take the responsibility for doing it yourself, so find people that you can talk to on LinkedIn, go to some networking events, don't give everyone else the responsibility of remembering you, you take the responsibility for it, Um, those were off the top of my head, I hope they're useful.
0: Brilliant! No, great stuff. Really, really useful. Um, fantastic. Thank you for that. Okay, before we wind up then and find out where people can get on your list, link with you on LinkedIn, whatever. I have some standard questions. The first of which is, what has speaking done for you?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> the thing that speaking has done for me is that I. I always wanted to be a rock star, but I have absolutely no musical ability. So the really shallow bit is that if I'm speaking on stage and people are laughing at my jokes or if they clap when I'm finished or if they tweet me and say we really enjoyed that, I get a buzz out of it. No two ways about it. There's the the, the honesty. Um, the, the business side of things, it's definitely elevated me. I now get to speak at, you know, some quite Big conferences and events um, in front of thousands of people. My biggest audience was was two and a half thousand people, and and that's you know that's huge for for someone who started off running a, a little magazine from from home. Um, it builds your network. It's built my network hugely. When whenever I speak, virtual events and real life events, the the number of LinkedIn connections I've got goes through the roof straight you know straight away whilst I'm actually on stage so it's also built my confidence so that when I'm speaking to you in a podcast I am quite confident speaking about my stuff because I've done this as I said over 500 times at networking events speaking about my, my subject so I've I've got used to speaking about it it's built my confidence in a massive way
0: brilliant that's really cool I love that and I love your answer it is it's amazing what I find is when people were scared about speaking and they do it and they have that buzz at the end of it they become addicted to it and they wonder why they were ever worried in the first place it's it's really interesting to see that journey and people just fall in love with it. I
1: I got to come on stage in front of two and a half thousand people with Ace of Spades by Motorhead being my walk-on music and even I had dry ice um that, that was my my biggest ever gig I, i've done that I've, I've had that a few times now but that's that's just fun um, for a <laughs> for a 51 year old who who still thinks he might have a chance of being a rock star at some point <laughs> i
0: love that love that cool and on the flip side then has there been a gig where you're like oh my goodness i wish the floor could have swallowed me up has that happened to you
1: yeah it has it has. Particularly when I first started speaking at networking events, it, it did. And I had some horrible dry mouth or um just my mind went blank, blank. That happened to me a, a load of times. And it's the thing about business, isn't it? It's not about getting it right, it's about getting back on the bike, doing it again, even though. And I think that's where some speakers do push through because we weren't always great at what we did. Um In my professional career, since I've been being paid for it, and I won't name the company, but yes, I've had one gig where I left, felt dreadful, walked across London rather than getting a tube because I needed to clear my head. Yeah, it's happened once in however many that's been, 50 or 60 gigs, I guess. Um, But one event where, yes, I really, really wished I I hadn't been there for, for all sorts of reasons.
0: But that's the thing, isn't it? It's exactly the point. And this is the reason I ask this question is that we all at some point or other will have those experiences. But the thing is to get back, as you say, on the horse and learn from it, you know, and just take the good from the bad experience. It will make you a better speaker for sure.
1: I've spoken to the customer, you know, the person who I was working for at the time. We worked something out afterwards. We both agreed that it hadn't gone terribly well. The relationship was honest enough that we had that conversation. And in fact, they've gone on to do more business with me since. So we turned it round. But my God, I was glad to get home that night.
0: Cool. Excellent. Okay, good. Right. Next question then. What's the book that's had most impact on your life and why?
1: The book that's had the most impact on my life is is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, which I read first when I was, I guess, 11, because it came out in 1981. Um, And just the way that Douglas Adams opened my mind to a different way of thinking about things. Um, So, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I've read over and over again. Um, The total perspective vortex, seeing yourself in the context of the whole of the rest of the universe and seeing just how unimportant you are to to the whole that's that's just been beautiful to to me throughout my whole life um which literally puts everything into perspective for me on a day-by-day basis um i think carl sagan did a a youtube about it and and the pale blue dot and, and that sort of thing The business book that has had the biggest influence, um, undoubtedly How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I read first in about 1989, um, profoundly impacted how I looked at my relationships with all of the other people around me um, and still refer to that book now, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. A
0: couple of great books there. Yeah, love that. We've never had Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy before. So that's fantastic. Cool okay, what's the best bit of business advice you've had and why?
1: That thing you're worried about right now will probably work out all right. Um, I think, I can't even, do you know what? I can't remember who gave me that advice, but um, that, that's been the best advice that, that that I've had, that most things you either work out or they work themselves out um, and it will probably work out all right in the end. And, and that's been the, you know the, the the speaking gig that went wrong it worked out it didn't close the business down or, or anything like that I think trying to worry less about things has been the best bit of advice that, that that I was ever given
0: brilliant that's cool and then the last question then um if you could choose any mentor and they can be alive or dead fictional or non-fictional who would you choose and why Gary
1: Vaynerchuk um, is, is going to, to be my choice. And you said before you press record that you want you, I, I didn't know what that question was, and you wanted my first answer. So that's, you know, that's that's obviously a really profound answer for me. I think Gary's ability to not care what, what other people think about him. I would really love to know how he does that because I still do too much. Um, and a load of my idols in, in life. Somewhere behind me, I've got a, a picture of Lemmy from Motorheads, who famously didn't, you know, lived, he was the same person on stage as he was off stage. I would love to be that person, and I reckon Gary Vaynerchuk would be able to teach me.
0: Lovely okay called Gary V we've had him before I think but not for a long time now so listen Stefan thank you so so much for everything that you've shared is there anything well before we do that where is the best place for people to go to find out more about you perhaps if they want to work with you or attend a course or a retreat, where's the best place for them to go
1: or, or just to connect with me, I am Stefan Thomas on LinkedIn. I imagine you'll you'll tag me and, and spell it and, and that sort of thing. It's S-T-E-F-A-N. Um, but Stefan Thomas on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm not difficult to find, actually. I post quite a lot. Always happy to have new connections on LinkedIn, I really am.
0: Brilliant. Cool. And we will put those links in the show notes for you to make it easier for you to find Stefan. Um, excellent. So is there anything that you think you need to say in order for us to call this show complete?
1: No, just to say thank you. I'm sure other people have said this, but I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. I love some of the questions that I wasn't expecting um, because I love that you just get my completely off the cuff from the heart answer to it. So I, I really love that.
0: Cool. And it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And who knows, we may bring you back in the future for some more (laughs) <laughs> Golden nuggets <laughs> as an ambulance passes by. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Stefan.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. And I especially love the tip that Stefan gave about connecting with people before you get to the events. It sounds so simple, but often we don't do the obvious things until someone points them out. Go and have a look at Stefan's stuff and I'm sure he'd love to connect and get some feedback. Now, as you know, a big part of networking is being able to simply and powerfully explain what you do and who for in a way that sticks with people so that they can remember and refer you to the right people. But as you may well have experienced yourself, being able to get that distance from what you do in order to be able to articulate it in this way can be tricky. And that's one of a number of reasons why I started the Speaking Club Live. It's a safe space to practice your pitching, your messaging, alongside your speaking and storytelling and get coaching from me and feedback from other members. And if you want to grow your speaking and business in the next 12 months, then do check it out. You can try it for a month and now is a great time to join because the price will be going up in the new year. And you can find out more about The Speaking Club at saraharcher.co.uk slash club. However, I should also mention, as I talked about last week, there is the 200th episode prize draw going on at the moment. And you can not only win three months of membership of The Speaking Club, but you also get another course and books just by leaving an honest rating and review. And you can find out all the details of the prize draw and how to enter that over at saraharcher.co.uk slash 200. Well, that is it for me this week. Thank you again for joining me. And I'll be back next week. In the meantime, though, look after yourself and your family. Don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye bye. Getting to practice your speaking in front of an audience is a crucial part of testing your message and developing your skills and experience as a speaker, yet opportunities to do this in the right environment can be hard to find. Add in the chance to get expert feedback and coaching on your content, structure and delivery and the opportunities are even fewer. But that's what you'll get as a member of the Speaking Club Live! Each week we'll be focusing on a different aspect of business speaking from pitching to presenting to videos and lives. There'll be hot speak slots and you'll get the chance to practice sharing your message, your storytelling, your humour and all the different aspects of speaking in front of me and other members. Then you'll get feedback and coaching from me and your peers so that you're moving forward on your speaking journey with accountability and support. If you'd like to find out more about how you can become a member of the Speaking Club Live, So that you can build your confidence, improve your delivery and become a better speaker, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash club now.